Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Every so often, we all need a little encouragement, some words to capture our mind, engage our heart, and enliven our spirit. And that's my intention with this podcast. It's an opportunity for you to take a few minutes out of your busy day and listen to what I hope is thought-provoking and empowering content. Each week, my guests and I share stories, challenges, and vulnerabilities, as well as tips and insights on a whole range of topics all with the aim of helping us to live in a more soulful, authentic and integrated way. So thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into this week's episode. Let me start this week by saying a massive thank you to everyone who tuned into last week's episode, where I shared some of my insights and nuggets of wisdom that I picked up during my practical sabbatical, my time out over the last few months. Those messages of support, the five-star ratings, the reviews people share mean so much. It lets me know I'm not just talking to myself with a microphone in front of me. I'm thrilled too that you were excited that I have a new book coming out. As listeners to the podcast, you were the first to find out about it, to get a few little snippets. Uh, but of course, I'll be sharing more on social media in the weeks ahead. And on that topic, Instagram and LinkedIn are the two main platforms I use and a bit on Facebook as well. Uh, the title of the Facebook page is the official James Sweetman. That makes me sound very official. But anyway, back to this week and the lofty title of this week's episode that I've called The Big Why. Something I've certainly noticed in my own life, and I'm quite sure you've noticed it too, is that we tend to be consumed by the notion of productivity. It can feel like we have to account for every minute of our schedule. I should be doing, achieving, working through, learning. It's a constant quest for efficiency and more. More sales, more money, more followers, more likes, more market share, more happiness and so on. The motto of higher, stronger, faster is great for the Olympics, but it's not so great as a modus operandi for our lives. Something that I was forced to do when I took my practical sabbatical was to shift my attention away from productivity and to look instead at the bigger, meatier topic of purpose, the why we do what we do, as opposed to the what we do or the how we do it. So this week, I want to share with you some of my observations on that theme. The word why is such a small word, but it packs a punch. I'm going to take two angles on it. The first one being the reason why, why something is important. This why is the seed of motivation, and it also brings us into the territory of our values. In traditional coaching, the framework of the why question always follows on the tales of what do you want? We ask the why is it important? Because if you cannot answer it, then there is little motivation for taking action. In recent times, Simon Sinek is the writer and speaker who's most associated with finding your why. Uh, you can check out his TED Talks and other resources on YouTube. And he has his own podcast too, a little bit of optimism that I listen to most weeks. I always think we have to be a little careful with the word why. I think it goes back to childhood. And you know that accusatorial question, why did you do that, which comes with a bit of finger wagging? You know, it can bring us into guilt and defensiveness very quickly. Of course, young kids, toddlers love the question why. They can't stop asking it. They ask it on loop. Why, why, why? A constant quest to gain understanding. And it's that use of the question why I'm more interested in. We might think of Socratic questioning too, named after Socrates. Questions starting with the word why are a key element of disciplined questioning. 
that can be used to pursue avenues of thought, to delve into complex issues, to uncover assumptions, break open concepts, to follow logical consequences. If I apply it to my own situation, I use the why question to tease out my thought patterns around established habits. It's a useful reflection tool that certainly brought underlying motivations and some surprising limiting beliefs to the surface. So if I look at some of my business habits, regular business practices, uh, I asked myself, well, why do I do a monthly easing? Why am I producing a weekly podcast? Why do I want to work with clients? Why do I not want to work with certain clients? Why do I do what I do? When you think about it, it is rare if we ever ask ourselves this question, this why question. Now, there are surface level knee jerk answers. You know, we'll go to, to earn money, to pay the bills, to put food on the table. Or it's just what I've always done. It's the industry norm. When we are willing to sit with the why and go a little deeper, this is when we get some interesting insights. I think of asking why a little like going fishing. You have to wait to see what you will catch. Uh, you'll have to wait and see what comes to the surface. And you know what? For me, when I asked that why question, a lot of fear came from the depths to the light of the surface. Let me just take my monthly e-zine as an example, a business process, easily ring-fenced. Why do I produce it every month? Well, I've done it for the last 17 years. I was afraid to stop. I didn't want to break the sequence. I was afraid that if I stopped, I'd let others down. I was afraid that to stop would mean being less than professional. You know, and when you hear these, when I hear them back, it's like these are all fear-based. Hidden in the midst of these fears was the reasons why I started the newsletter in the first place back in 2005. I like to write and I like to share insights that perhaps others will find useful. The brainstorming or heartstorming uh, with the question why allowed me to reacquaint myself with the deeper why, the original motivation. We can apply that why question to all different aspects of our lives. You know, just a few that come to mind. Why do I post on social media? Why do I not post on social media? Why do I still see that person? Why do I want to step away from that situation? Why do I want so-and-so to change? Uh, why do I work here? You know, the list is endless. I know when working with coaching clients, I often avoid asking the why question directly. I usually reframe it to for what reason? thereby avoiding guilt and defensiveness to get to the motivation and underlying belief. So if why can seem a bit harsh to you, you know, consider replacing the why with asking for what reason. So that first angle of the big why is unearthing motivations. It's the quality of our motivations, ultimately whether they are fear-based or love-based, away from perceived negative consequences or towards positive ones that determines how we feel in the process of working towards something. Do we feel like we're striving, pushing against, battling, or is it flowing? Are we focused on positive impact or the avoidance of consequences? It's the quality of our underlying motivation that also determines how we will feel on completion of the task or project. Is it a momentary buzz, soon followed by a now what or what's next, instead of deeper fulfillment, a positive contribution that we can savour? The second way of looking at why brings us into the territory of some big questions around life purpose. Why am I here? It doesn't get much bigger than that. It's the sort of question philosophers have contemplated for centuries. I pondered this question plenty over the last few months. I suspect that if you listen to this podcast or others like it, you've probably asked this question or similar ones relating to calling in life or life purpose too. 
It shows the desire to reach for your potential. It shows we are deep thinkers. It shows we want to live meaningful and fulfilling lives. It was Joseph Campbell, famous for coining the phrase, the hero's journey, who shared the pithy advice for life purpose, which was follow your bliss. It's also something many teachers and authors speak about. It's a phrase I associate as well with Lisa Nichols, who was featured on The Secret. And I remember hearing her speak in Dublin here a few years ago. The whole concept of life purpose or following your bliss is tied to the idea of living your best life. Now, to be able to ponder such topics is a privilege. I can't picture my parents or grandparents ever having the time to contemplate such notions. Their focus was on doing what needs to be done to get food on the table. It was about surviving, not thriving. So being able to ponder lofty questions around self-actualization is a lucky position to be in. The challenge, though, I find with following your bliss is that when life feels too much for us, when we're overwhelmed, challenged, struggling, tired, stressed, there doesn't seem to be too much bliss on offer. It's hard to follow your bliss when the very idea of bliss is a foreign concept. I certainly felt that way. I felt that this, you know, the last year for sure, uh, before I took some time out, I got really frustrated with myself because I'm no novice in this area. I've read the books, hell, I've written the books, attended the seminars, given the workshops or on the topic, so not being able to figure out my deeper why, my purpose, triggered a spiral of thinking that made me feel like a fraud. But life is always talking to us. I listen to Martha Beck's podcast, The Gathering Room, every week, and something she said when I was in a low place really resonated with me. She said that if you're not inspired or motivated, it simply means that you're tired or exhausted or burnt out and in need of rest. They were wise words and just what I needed to hear at the time. So when the phrase follow your bliss grates, when you've no clue as to what bliss could feel like, let alone follow it, uh, the first thing to do is rest, to be patient and to trust. The second thing is something else that Joseph Campbell said, which was follow your curiosity. Even in dark times, we can usually muster a modicum of curiosity. Even it's being curious as to how we are feeling or what's going on in our immediate environment. And of course, what's the question frame that fires curiosity? You guessed it. Why? But as I've said, we need to be careful with it. Why am I feeling this way? Why am I so stupid? Why can't I figure this out? Why am I not feeling better? These questions will dig the hole deeper. Why is this important to me? Why am I so tough on myself? Why don't I try being a little bit more compassionate? The key is to pay attention to the emotion. If the why stimulates curiosity, great, roll with it. If it stirs darker feelings, avoid it until you feel stronger and more rested. I'm going to close this week's musings over the question why by sharing another extract from my new book, Words to Inspire. It's actually from the opening chapter, which is all about life purpose. But one last thing when it comes to life purpose and the big why, I was listening to a Super Soul podcast with Oprah the other week when I was out for a walk, and on it she referenced a quote by Nietzsche that's relevant to this week's theme. Now, Nietzsche, I think, is most known for that quote, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. On the topic of life purpose, he says that the way to discover what you were put on earth for is to go back into your past and note the times when you felt most fulfilled. What have you truly loved so far in your life? What has uplifted your soul? What has dominated your thinking, but at the same time delighted you? Assemble all of them, line them up and see if you can draw a line through them. A pattern may reveal itself. 
This idea got me curious. It reminded me, and I suspect it was a source of inspiration for Steve Jobs, who spoke along similar lines in his famous commencement address delivered at Stanford University in 2005. And of course, it's readily available on YouTube. In it, he spoke about how you cannot connect the dots looking forward, only backwards. The dots being those clues as to your life calling or purpose in life, grounded in those times or activities that made you feel most fulfilled. I've spoken before about joining my dots, the clues when I look back to my calling or purpose, the personal development articles I pulled from magazines as a teenager and so on. But the more I contemplated it, the more dots or clues surfaced. It was like how if you look at a, at a dark sky at night, more and more stars will become visible. When I look back to those times and I felt most fulfilled, when ideas got hold of me, when I felt most alive, it was on occasions when I was speaking with groups or writing and traveling. And what was bizarre when I took my first sabbatical 20 years ago, when I left the full-time pensionable job in the corporate world, what did I do? I sat down and I wrote my first book, a novel that was never published or, or not published yet, maybe. Um, what did I do on this sabbatical, this time out? I sat down and I wrote. So when you discover the dots, the clues, ask what's the pattern, what's the trajectory, and trust in it. It was that realisation that grounded me in my decision to go back to college and formally study writing. In this contemplation of the big why, we have to be brave to ask it. We have to be patient and non-judgmental and allow the answers to come to us. And let's not forget the sentiment that life is not happening to us, it is happening for us, and it is happening with us. So in closing this week, here's another little extract from my new book, Words to Inspire, and it's taken from the opening chapter, which is about life purpose. So here we go. I hope you like it. I like the idea that a blueprint of our purpose is etched on our soul and that we come into this world with the raw ingredients, the talents, the personality and the ability to learn so that we can live a life of purpose. Our purpose may be aligned with our career or it may not but our purpose would always be the tangible and cumulative demonstration of being the best of ourselves. Since there never was or never will be another person with the same combination of personality, talents, desires and life experience, it's rational to assume that our unique makeup is significant when we speak of life purpose. There is a value that only each of us is capable of bringing into this world, a gift that only we can deliver and it is bound up with who we are as people. We won't know our purpose in advance. A variety of teachers can guide, support and encourage us. But discovering our purpose is a personal and ultimately an internal journey. We are the only ones who can interpret what is etched on our soul. Our purpose might only become obvious when at the end of our days we review the arc of our lives. However, we can pay attention to the clues and signposts along the way. We can play to our strengths and pursue our passions putting time and energy into doing what makes us happy, because living a life of purpose brings with it a sense of joy and fulfilment. Rather than focusing on what we should do, we can shift our attention to how we feel about what we are doing. Life purpose will always be tied to being of service to others, offering our gifts where they are most needed, because in the duality of life, every purpose fulfills a need. Detecting our purpose is a noble and worthwhile quest, but it is not a destination. It's our lives continuing to evolve. Because if we only ever live in the present moment, living a life of purpose means committing to showing up as the best of ourselves every day. 
So instead of getting stuck on the question, what's my purpose? Ask what makes me happy? What do I love to do? Or how can I play to my strengths? The answer to all of these questions will be the same. Just as we will never know our full legacy, we will never know the full scope of our purpose. What if rather than choosing our purpose, our purpose has chosen us and all we have to do is be ourselves, sharing our skills and talents in a way that brings us joy and brings joy to others. So that was an extract from the opening chapter of my new book, Words to Inspire, on the topic of life purpose. So thank you for tuning in this week and until next time. Thank you for listening this week. If you enjoyed this episode and have a moment, please rate, review and subscribe if you haven't already. And maybe you'd like to share it with a friend too. For more information about me, James Sweetman, my coaching services, workshops, books, and for more podcast episodes, be sure to visit jamesweetman.com. <laughs>